Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expand upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I bring to you part four of a four-part series entitled, To Be or Not to Be, The Church. Today's message specifically entitled, The Church of Pentecost, based on Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. So let us dive into the Word today. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, uh, Phrygia, and uh, Pamphylia, and Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Ju Judaism, Cretans and the Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn to blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. With the gift of God's Spirit, we are learning to live into God's divine purpose, just like the Church of Pentecost. I'll say that again. With the gift of God's Spirit, we are learning to live into God's divine purpose, just like the Church of Pentecost. There are a few, uh, uh, there are a few real life scenarios that happened in my life that I, I want to share with you. 
first, years ago, there was a time I had to have a difficult conversation with someone I knew over behavior that was, let's say, less than Christian. Have you ever had to hold someone accountable before? Someone you love and deep, you know, respect deeply, but who will end up not wanting to receive the words they need to hear? Well, I had the conversation with that person, lovingly and respectfully, but the person was not willing to receive the words. They were not going to listen to anything other than what they believed, and they became defensive and ultimately cut ties with me. Second, I remember a time I had lost my job. I remember the time I had lost my job uh, as a software engineer specifically and was searching and searching and searching and searching and searching for a job. In all that time, as I was searching for a job, I had come back to Christ and become a member of Vernon United Methodist Church in Vernon, New Jersey. God spoke to me while at that church. My pastor asked me if I was sure that God wanted me to have a job in that moment. Or the types of jobs I was even seeking out, for that matter. Maybe it was better for me to be home with my kids in that moment. Maybe I was pushing for something that God didn't want. The reason that was asked of me was because I was stressing that in order to answer my call to Christ, in order to be a good man, a good father, a good husband, etc., so on and so forth, I had to earn money to pay for not, you know, for all the school that was required, for supporting my family, etc., and so forth. So that was what I had to do. That's what I believed I had to do. It was logical. It's the way the world works. You can't just abandon jobs and not make money when you have a family and bills to pay. And so in that moment, I had to decide. And it was a hard, tough, big decision with many people on either side supporting or, or, or discouraging me along the way. But in that moment, I had to decide, was I going to listen to my own logic and the logic of the world? Or was I going to listen to the voice of God speaking to me through my pastor and my wife and others at that church at that time? Finally, I remember all through elementary school and high school thinking that I would never, ever be smart enough to get anywhere. Sure, I had my dreams and aspirations. I was a poet and an artist, you know, like dreams of being published or have art displayed somewhere, of course. But, you know, I remember from wanting to be a, a pastor as a real young boy, to wanting to be an astronaut, to wanting to be a deep sea explorer, to wanting to be a, a rock star. I mean, come on, mate. Yeah. To wanting to be a software engineer, among others. Honestly, though, <laughs> engineer, software or otherwise, I'm horrible at math. How could that be possible? A rock star? I mean, I can play guitar and other instruments, I can sing, but yeah, what are the chances, right? An astronaut? Again, science, athletics, need to be fit, not gonna happen. 
And then the same thing with the, the Deep Sea gig. Fun to watch the movie The Abyss by James Cameron, but this body in a tiny claustrophobic vessel going to where no person has gone before in the depths of the sea? Yeah, no. <laughs> a pastor? Well, at the time, I wasn't truly sure what I believed. And I was sure the church was not for me. Yet all of those dreams have come true to some degree. Okay, okay, I may, I mean, I may not have traveled to the moon or to, you know, and I don't have money to go on SpaceX or whatever. Uh, so I may not have traveled to space or the moon or to the depths of the sea. But I have soared with people in their joys and celebrations, and I have journeyed with them to the depths of chaos and the bowels of hell. In fact, in my own personal life, I've experienced both realities. I was, as it, it turned out, a software, a software engineer. You, you see, as it turned out, you don't have to know how to solve equations. That's what computer operating systems do. I just needed to know how to set them up properly. That was never an issue for me, so I became a software engineer. I may not have become a literal rock star, but come on now, I am the rock and reverend, you know it. And as it turns out, that impossible dream of being a pastor in my innocent days? God saw that baby into reality, amen? Pastors sometimes use the phrase divine purpose. And that can mean different things for different people at different times. Maybe sometimes you sense a message that you just must share. Maybe sometimes it is about listening and discerning God's plans for our lives. Maybe sometimes we have a passion that just cannot be ignored, even if we faced obstacles in following that passion. When the rushing wind of the Holy Spirit comes to those gathered at Pentecost, and the disciples are waiting for what will come next, Peter presents Joel's prophecy to explain what is happening in this moment. So let's look at this prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. It reads, Then, then after doing all these things, I will pour, and this is God talking through Joel, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your younger men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit on even servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. What is taking place seems impossible, like a dream. 
what is taking place not 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 in Joel I mean that is a vision a dream of the future but what is taking place in our scripture today and in, in this Pentecost story in Acts seems impossible like a dream yet together those gathered vision those gathered they they vision and discern or listen for what was next the next steps of that early just being born church through the holy spirit's gifts in this time of prophecy dreaming and visioning the impossible becomes possible so let's look at the role of prophecy communicating the message of God, so to speak, in our passage today. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Peter, quoting Joel, talks about how God's Spirit empowers people to prophesy or share the divinely inspired message of God. Prophecy is about seeing with the eyes of faith and speaking with the voice of faith in and to the present moment. Through scripture, prophets are consistently shown calling people back to God and to a higher standard of justice and faithfulness. The messages are hard to hear and often they're resisted by the communities to which they are proclaimed. Messages such as, Hey, Pharaoh, the Lord God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, says, says, let my people go. That was obviously Moses in Exodus. Messages such as, woe to Pharisees and scribes, you hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to search for a single convert and turn him into twice the son of hell you, you yourselves are, you blind guides, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the inside but filled with dead people's bones and decay on the on the uh, inside. Excuse me, beautiful on the outside but filled with dead people's bones and decay on the inside. That was Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, verses 15 through 27. Or messages such as, Like anybody, I would love to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want to I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. the night before he was assassinated. In our world, there are many voices claiming to speak on behalf of God and the church that are not plugged into the spirit-filled community that is the church. It's easy to hear only what we want to hear or only what confirms the status quo or our current beliefs 
That is exactly why prophets need to speak up and call us out because we easily get complacent or worse in our comfort. But as the church, we have the opportunity to listen to and discern carefully the message that the Holy Spirit has for us and for the world in the present moment. And we are empowered to speak that message to the world with the prophetic voice of God's Spirit. Let us now look at the role of vision, hearing the voice of God and discerning or listening. Visioning, and that's what vision is, by the way. It's hearing the voice of God and discerning or listening. That's the role of vision. Visioning is not just about adopting a new strategy or, you know, to move ahead. To vision or envision is to is opening ourselves to seeing and hearing God's words and implementing them into our future. Or following God's direction to fulfill internal or external needs for the future. I mean, that's, you know, that's what it is. And so, um, when the church is not implementing a vision, it is really like a boat without a rudder. Everybody is pulling in different directions, and there is no movement forward. In fact, sometimes when we pull in different directions, it spins our boat backwards. My mom and dad can tell you about that uh, on their, you know, when they share their canoe trip with you, if they ever do, <laughs> down the Delaware. However, when the Holy Spirit is your rudder, you can row your boat ahead into the future God has planned. Now let's look at dreaming, which is a goal that seemed impossible or a passion that can't be reached or can't be ignored, a passion that can't be ignored, I mean, but seems impossible. Let's look at dreaming. Much like a child when dreaming, the possibilities are limitless when we align ourselves with, with the God who is also limitless. And so many times we, we act, we say we believe in a limitless, all-powerful God, and yet we act like we, like we serve a God who has no power and is completely limited. Dreaming is larger than visioning, as it is about realizing that God lives and moves outside the box that we have a tendency to put God in. Pentecost shows that God refuses to be put in a box and does not let us stay in our own box either. Consider the type of community that can come to life. I mean, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses you know, 43 through uh, 47. I mean, in that particular, uh, in that particular uh, uh, scripture, it says uh, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many mir miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Think about that. Consider the type of community that can come to life when we are not constrained by the status quo, but when we let God inspire our dreams and when we get on board with making the dream come true. So what this means for you is that much like the early church, God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given us all the gift of the Holy Spirit to, per to participate in God's divine purpose to bring about a future beyond our human imaginations. I would like to encourage you to reflect on the ways God is calling you to be, it's calling you beyond the status quo through the nudgings of the Holy Spirit. What might be getting in the way of living into God's future? For example, other voices, uh, focus on self, need to help or to work with others to move a project or idea forward. How can you take a step towards God's divine purpose this week? For a long time now, we have lived constrained, constrained by circumstances. For example, around the pandemic and focused purely on survival. Imagine what it would be like for us to spring forward back into vibrant ministry. Imagine a church filled with children are running, running around, parents and other adults fellowshipping in small groups and in other mission-related uh, mission ministries. Imagine people as diverse as our town is growing to be worshiping God. Imagine people as diverse as our town is growing to be worshiping God, serving the community, and growing in their faith all here in our church or in whatever church you're serving. Imagine a, a church where most people joyfully stepped up, giving themselves wherever there is a need. Imagine a church where people find hope, healing, and wholeness. So they have to share, so much so that they have to share the good news with friends and family. We have been and can be that church again. The time is now for us to rise up out of the pandemic and out of the ashes of other circumstances and be the church of Pentecost, the church God called us to be. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I thank you and praise you for this opportunity uh, to be here and to, to, to be challenged by this message, but also inspired and given hope because there is always hope in you. Lord, uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may grow more and more to be the Church of Pentecost as you have called us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'm so thankful for uh, being able to join in with you uh, and, and for have you, have you uh, tune in and listen to these messages week in and week out. I hope you found this message to be something that uh, spoke to you and that challenged you. Um, and I, I, uh, and if, again, if you have any comments or things you would like to share, you can always reach out to me on social media, reach out to me. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Podbean, you can reach out to me via Podbean or you can find me on social media. Um, and so, uh, and it's easy on Twitter. I'm at the underscore rocking or rock in, excuse me, with an N underscore, uh, 
uh, Rev, uh, Rev, I believe it is, R-E-V, the Rockin' Rev, uh, with underscores in between. Anyway, uh, and if that's wrong, I will correct the record next time, but I'm pretty sure that is right. Uh, and also remember that uh, we, do have epi- we do have links in the episode notes, so please check those out. If this is your main uh, sustenance for the week, uh, please feel free to, uh, to give if you can. We would certainly be appreciative of it. Of course, if this is uh, your, you know, if this is supplemental and you would uh, attend another church elsewhere, uh, then by all means support that church. They need it as well. Uh, but in all things, uh, remember, and of course you can give to both of us, uh, there's no arguing that either. Uh, we would both be appreciative. But in all things, remember, and before I say this, uh, it is, uh, you go to twitter.com forward slash the underscore rockin with no G, R-O-C-K-I-N underscore rev. Uh, and so if you, if you, uh, you know, tweet me at the underscore rockin underscore rev you can leave messages there you can direct message me on twitter you can follow me there i'm always looking forward to uh inter- you know engaging with you whatever the case may be but in all things remember you are richly blessed so be a blessing to others amen go in peace mm-hmm.